Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. We're episode number 24, and we're talking about God's safe house. Now, I love I love the study we've been going on. I love the last episode, 23. If you didn't hear 23, go back and listen to 23. It is well worth your time. You can find all the episodes leading up to this uh, episode here on iTunes. Just go to Lakeside with Daniel, and you can go back and catch up. We're in the, right in the middle of Song of Solomon. We're in chapter number 2 and verse number 14 today. And we're talking about God's safe house. And this chapter has intense meaning for me, and I'm excited to share this with you um, because I want you to th- see through this the safe houses that God has set up for you in your life. And when you're able to identify those places, they're absolutely beautiful. It brings the heart of God very, very close. And so we're talking about the shepherd girl and the king and this back and forth relationship to them. It's a picture of God's relationship to us. And a lot of times we're afraid to embrace that. You know, a book like Song of Solomon can be scary when you start to look at this love that's displayed. And the reason why it seems threatening is because when you look at love, displayed between this king and this shepherd girl. Understand, this is an example or a picture of how God feels towards me. A true love frightens us because we look at the versions of love that we've been giving out to people in our life and we look at them and realize, man, I, I, I'm not loving like I should. <laughs> I'm not loving like I can because you can only give away what you understand that you have. And as you understand God's heart for you, you understand what you've been given, it changes everything about the way that you're able to give out and exchange love at that point. And so and this is amazing. Amazing thing. So thank you for joining me on this episode 24. Uh, We're talking about Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse number 14 of the Song of Solomon. It says, Oh my dove. And I love the fact that he starts off this passage. It's a very beautiful explanation where he talks to her and the way he speaks to her. You know, how the king speaks to her is very important because it conveys his heart in the terms he uses. He didn't just say, Hey, yo, Adrian. (laughs) You know, he comes to her and he says, Hey, my dove. Like he speaks to her and he gives her a name that's different than her own. And that's powerful to me because God gives us a name. Revelation says that he has given us a name in heaven and is different than what you have here. And God's name for you is can be drastically different than anything you've ever known. If you ever ask God your name, it's pretty awesome. But he says, he calls, the king calls her, he says, my dove. And a dove is a very gentle creature. It's a very small, very timid creature. And he let her know, hey, you are fragile to me. Like you're strong, you're a strong woman, but you're fragile. There's a fragility to you that I am aware of. I'm aware of the fact that I am wooing you. Like I am, I am after you and I am pursuing you. And I am, it is my goal to bring you to me. This is my dove that art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear your voice. For sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is lovely. He compared her to a dove, and again, it's that fragile creature, but he also compared her voice, and he brings it up because, you know, if you look past the last couple episodes, we looked into speaking with God and how God feels about our voice. Understand that when you see this, it's not just him being romantic or or the king speaking Shakespearean, doth thou not consider? You know, he's not just speaking to her in the Shakespearean language. He's, He's using his words very, very carefully. This was a king, and kings don't just talk just to talk. He was using his words 
very, very carefully. In fact, Solomon wrote a lot of the Proverbs, and so you'll see the importance that he knew words possessed, the power that they had. He talked about her voice because it's sweet. You know, a dove, you ever heard a dove coo or a dove cry? It's very calming and very soothing. And he was telling her that your voice is not an annoyance to me. You may have grown up in a place where you were considered to be a pest. Maybe you were even told you were a pest. You were told there's something wrong with the way you talked or the wrong the way the wrong with you the way you pronounced words, but your voice to God is soothing. He loves to hear his name on your lips. And when you take the time to speak to him, even the silliest, seemingly most simple request of your heart, he looks at you and he says, I love the way that you talk. I love the way you pronounce words. I love the way that you speak. It's soothing to him. The king tells her, he says, my dove that are in the clefts of the rocks, secret places of the stairs, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Your countenance, the way that you are, it pleases me. I love that. So we talked about yesterday, last uh, podcast here how Solomon was taking her on a tour of her new home, and each place they arrive at, he's finding ways to explain to her how safe she truly is now. Now, it's more than just the king giving her a field trip. He's undoing past wounds. You know, our minds are like a record player. It's every The thoughts spin, and they create grooves, and Sometimes we get trapped in those thoughts, and Solomon is taking those records and he's exchanging them for ones that he's printing with her. He's letting her know, hey, you have a hurt. Remember we said she pulled up in front of the kingdom with a U-Haul full of emotional baggage, and he's taking each bag, each item, and he's saying, you don't need this. You don't need this anymore. You are safe now. I mean, you're going to find out as you read, as we read more of Song of Solomon, just exactly what this girl's past contained, and it was terrible. So he's not just getting a bride. Just because you take someone out of an environment and stick them in a new environment and say, oh, you're, you're all better now, that <laughs> doesn't fix it. It doesn't fix it. There's a mentality and there's ideas that need to be destroyed. There's towers and strongholds that need to get pulled down and there's thoughts that need to be cast down and there's thoughts that need to be exchanged for the mind of Christ. And you can't just take someone out of a rough environment and say, okay, now just be happy now. No, you have to go back through some wounds and you got to go to every lie that Satan has put sometimes and address it with truth. And that's what he's doing. He's taking her. Uh, each little stop along this is not just him romantically walking on the field trip. Like we said, it, each spot is a specific, strategic place. Solomon says, you are a queen and I'm going to help you understand that you're a queen. And we're going to take care of every single thing here. And sometimes when you can illustrate, when you can put a visualization, when you can put a scent, if you ever notice as you read Song of Solomon, there's a lot of senses that are used here. There's the sense of sight, touch, sound, and it's all for a reason because he's taken every single wound and he's applying a truth to a scent or to a taste and to something that speaks to her senses where she will understand. There's no way he can miscommunicate how she's how she feels to him, how he feels about her when he says, you're like an apple to me. And he says, that's sweet to me. Well, you're like a fig. You're like a grape. I mean, when you bite that, that every time she eats, She's going to remember what he's spoken to her and who she is to him. And God is awesome at that, about flooding our senses with stuff where he speaks to us and speaks our value to us. And he compares us to all these things, a lost coin, a sheep. He compares us to all this different stuff where you look back and go, man, there's no way. Every time I see a coin, every time I find a coin, I think about that lost coin. When I see a lost sheep, when I see a prodigal son, man, I think about all these things and the emotions that come with the, someone coming back that's been away or someone being raised from the dead, the emotions you must feel. And that's applied to me man it's, it's forever sealed in my mind so he's taken her on this tour of this new home at each place they arrive at he's explaining to her how safe she is and he's utilizing every opportunity he can to bring assurances to his bride that she is safe with him 
and that he is her protector. And so he compares her. He says, you are not just a dove out there on the, on the wire. You're not just a dove out in a tree for a hunter or for a dart. You're safe. You're in the clefts of a rock. All of this, I am your rock, as he's saying. I am your, your stronghold. I am your fortress. And he says, you're not just in, uh, in, within the walls of a fortress. You're in a secret place of the stairs. This is, this is the chamber stairs. Come up to my room. The most guarded place in the palace is the entrances to the king's bedroom. And he said, you are, you're there. You are like in the safest spot. And when I read of this, I think of that verse in Romans where it says, height nor depth nor any other creature can take you from the love of Christ, can separate you. But then it goes on and says, the angels, no angel or principality, the man, the angels, the one that the one that watched God create everything, the one that have been perfectly pure, that cannot sin, are watching us. They watch us fail and they watch God's love given to us. And not even those guys can pull us away from God's love. We are secure and we are safe in a secret place by the stairs. And he says, you're my, you're here and I brought you here for a reason. The palace is different. It is so different from her previous environment. And he explains how he brought her to himself to enjoy her. He moves, God moves us into seasons of protection. And let me just say this, that often when God moves us into a season of protection, it feels and it looks like a season of stillness. Do not mistake a place of stillness in your life to be a place of inactivity or unproductivity. The purpose for the place of protection is always to increase our understanding of his love for us. Do not waste that by trying to make something happen. Man, I'll never forget it. I was at a, I worked at a job and I was in an, env- an environment, office environment that I really liked the people I was working with. And all of a sudden the boss came in I, and part of my position at the time was to conduct uh, moves within the, within the, there was nine different agencies and I was uh, within our big agency and I was in charge of making sure all the people had stuff moved wherever they needed to. They needed desks and furniture. And I had to call my crew and we get together. Here's the work orders. I want you to move this and this and this and this and make this happen and this and touch base with people and make sure that they knew that there are stuff was getting moved around appropriately in an untimely manner and safely. And one day as I was going through the moves, I saw a list there provided of all of my stuff, like my desk and <laughs> move Daniel's items <laughs> from this office to another office. And I thought, well, that's odd. My boss put this in. <laughs> like I'm getting moved. I looked at my coworkers and said, I'm, I'm leaving y'all. They said, what is it right here? I got the, got it right here. I'm moving. They, I guess my boss wants me to move, but she didn't just move me out of the, bi- the building where I did most of my work. She moved me to a house that was on the campus. It was a back house. It was, you had to go out of the ways and when it rained, man, you had to go out in the rain to get there. And, and my, much of my business was in that main building. And so it didn't make sense for me to get moved out there. But I went out to the room that I was getting moved into. I walked up the stairs and it's like this, it was a back place, you know, it had this little old, you know, the skeleton, it had a skeleton key. It was that, it was that old. I'm not kidding you. It had a skeleton key. And I opened the thing and I pushed the door open, opened the door and I pushed it open. And it was this little tiny office, but my office wasn't even that one. My office was the closet in that room. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Maybe there's a mistake. And I walked through that door. It was like a glass door, like to your house, like the six, six or 10 panel, you know, glass little panels, uh, like an old farmhouse door, you know, and I opened that door and it was a porch. It was like a the porch was full of shelving. I'm like, oh man, I got moved way out here. Second floor. It was hot. It was uncomfortable and my heart sunk. And I'll be honest with you. I looked around that office, that closet basically. And I said, man, I, I can't believe I just got moved out here. <laughs> you know, what did I do wrong? And then I started to question everything I was doing. I was like, God, you know, I, I'm really working hard. You know, I'm, I'm 
trying to keep an upbeat spirit. I know what you put in my heart to do. And what did I do to you? What did I do wrong? You know, but remember we said God's purpose, not his fairness, dictate the circumstances of our life. And I tell you this to say, uh, you know, I'm not proud of how I felt at that moment because it was a lapse. But at the same time, I look at it and it was beautiful because I moved all the shelves out of there. And what I found behind the shelves was these old, dusty, dirty curtain things. And I, there were blinds and I cleaned the blinds off and there were windows. And I had three walls of windows. And the floor was this beautiful wood color. Once I got some furniture polish and cleaned the wood floor, it was beautiful. And I couldn't even get a desk out there. I mean, the doorway was like a real small closet door. So I couldn't fit any office furniture out there. I had to bring in a table and I brought in a writer's desk. It was a writing table. You know, a few months later, I was going through Song of Solomon. I was writing the process of writing this book, Solomon's Song, that we're reading from today. And I got to this passage, and I was sitting at this desk just on meditating on it. I was like, man, I looked around and thought, I'm in a secret place. No one knew where I was. They'd say, where's your office? Oh, building two up on this. Where's that at? You know, people couldn't find me there. It was literally a secret place by the stairs. And what was happening to me? was God put me into this place where I was away from everything. And the place that I would had just left, all of a sudden, drama, central, like the train ran through there, and people were getting scattered, and all kinds of drama was going down there. People were leaving the company. All kinds of mess was going on. And I missed all of it. I was there in this place where God was downloading into my mind this Song of Solomon, the concepts, the principles we're talking about. Where I was in the process of writing this book and all that stuff was being downloaded in my mind and literally I was in a secret place. I was by the stairs and I looked at this and I just said, God, oh my God, I'm sorry. I am sorry, Father. I was doubting you. Man, I was looking at this as a place of stillness, as a punishment. And I was feeling like I was unproductive and I was not active and stuff was just not right for me spiritually. But man, you put me out here because you wanted something from me. You moved me into a place. And I love this where he tells her, he said, I didn't just bring you to the secret place by the stairs. I moved you here so that I could see your face. I moved you here so I could hear your voice because your voice is sweet. And I love to look at you. And I had to stop and look up to God. And I said, man... I just got to praise you right now. You brought me to a place of stillness where you could see me because you wanted just to see me. You wanted to hear me talk to you. You wanted to hear me praise you. You wanted to hear me sing to you and no one would care. No one would hear me. You know, nobody would bother me. I could just have you. Most people will, would, would die for, they worked their whole career to have an office with a window and I had three walls made of nothing but windows. And you know what I, when I was sitting out there, as I went out to work every day, I looked at this and it was not just an office. It became a safe house, a place of protection. And every time I walked in that doorway, it was like, God, you have me. You got me safe. There ain't nothing going to happen to me. <laughs> you have me. You have me protected, man. All this time I was fighting stillness because nothing was happening. I was trying to make stuff happen. But let me tell you, don't waste your time. Don't waste that still time. Don't waste that safe house, that, that place of protection. It's always there to increase our understanding of God's love for us. Don't waste that by trying to make something happen. What were the events that were involved in bringing you into God's kingdom? And think about that. 
What lengths did he go in order to secure your heart in him? And you look at this and, man, God, you brought me into your kingdom. And, and not only that, but you brought me to the safe house because you want me to speak to you. You're trying to teach me something. It's not just so that you can teach me, Daniel, I love you. Here's my heart for you. You're teaching me this so I can turn around and I can write a book called Solomon's Song. And you're teaching me this so I can write out a devotional and how to help people ignite a passion and a dynamic love relationship with you. Man, you gave me everything I need to do. You gave me protection. You gave me security. And now because of that, there is a book that has gone around the world. People in Korea are reading Solomon's Song. People in Trinidad are reading Solomon's Song. People in Hawaii are reading Solomon's Song. It's Australia. You, people are reading this book. It's gone around the world. Why? Because God said, I got a message that needs to come out and it's only going to be heard if you're in a place of stillness where you can see my, vo- my face and I can see you and I can hear you talk to me. Man, if God has put you in a season of stillness, understand this. It is a place for your protection and do not confuse uh, stillness and, and nothing. Do not confuse that as inactivity or unproductivity. No, you are in a place where you can very plainly hear the voice of God in your life. So take advantage of it. Man, stop complaining. Stop whining. Stop trying to make something happen. Be still and know I am God. I love that verse. Be still and know I am. Be still and know I am. God never would tell us to do something if he did not give us the ability to perform that action. He said, be still and know I am. God's name is I am. He said, I am that I am. Know me. It's like me saying, be still and know Daniel. Know me for who I am. Be still and know I am God. I love that. Man, if the king has brought you to a place of stillness, you are in a fantastic place of protection. Man, listen to him. Tune him in. Tune his voice in. Let God undo past hurts. Let him undo past wounds in your life. Let God associate seasons and associate feelings and emotions and allow him to teach you those things through the things that you see and the things that you hear and the things that you experience. When I when I left that office, I finally, man, God moved me out of that office back to a different office. But when he moved me, I was there for the, the, the duration of the time it took me when I was writing the book. But I remember when he moved me out of that office, the person that moved in that office gave up a suite. There was a suite in another building with three rooms they gave it up to have my office. They personally requested the office I was in. And they said to me, as I was moving stuff out, they looked around and they kind of were frustrated as I moved out. And they said, I thought you said this place was so special. (laughs) I had to say, Father, you rock. (laughs) You rock. I mean, I have people wanting that office. Why? Because it was a safe house. And people said, man, this guy is happy to be that. Man, he is like loving his office. He loves that place. Why does he love that place so much? I guess I want to have it. I'll give up a suite with my own private bathroom to go have that guy's porch. Why? I thought you made this place sound so special. Man, it was special. It is special. It's my safe house. I love it. God, you are amazing. Your protection is amazing. Father, you... You're, you are brilliant. You are brilliant. You're creative. You'd perfectly prepare us for our purpose, and we thank you today. We thank you today. Thank you for your stillness that you bring into our life. Thank you for desiring to see our face and hear our voice. Thank you for calling us beautiful. Thank you for calling us yours. Thank you for making us yours. We love you. Man, thank you so much for joining me today on episode number 24. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for episode uh, 25. It's coming up next time. We're talking about pest control. I love it. Um, 
Fantastic, fantastic. If you've not read the book, Solomon's Song, I encourage you to go to danielstombaugh.com. You can buy it there. Also on YouTube, there is some Solomon under Daniel Stombaugh. It's a YouTube channel. And you can find a lot of these things that were done visually as we're talking about. Um, we're going through this series on Periscope, and it was a day-by-day study. So I encourage you to get the book and join join me with it next time for episode 25. And share this, share it out. Share this out, this podcast out. Let's, uh, let's share the news with someone. So I'm excited about that. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope you have a fantastic day today. Make sure you give away your smile today. Your smile is a reflection of your source and God is your source and people in this world are hungry for your source. God bless you. Have a great day and we'll talk to you next time.